Welcome. It's been such a glorious weekend this weekend. Welcome everybody here. Glad you could make it this morning. I'm going to start out with Deuteronomy. And I'm going to be reading some verses, some twin verses. So um, open your ears and hearts in Jesus' name. Uh, and we're going to 8-2, Deuteronomy 8-2. And you shall earnestly remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you, to know what is in your mind and heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you recognize and personally know that man does not live by bread alone, but lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Know also in your minds and hearts that as a man disciplines and instructs his son, so the Lord your God disciplines and instructs you. Now I'm gonna um, flip over to Romans. Uh, this is the twin verse to that. Through him also we have our access, our entrance, our introduction by faith into this grace, this state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. And let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Just like the Israelites watched the cloud and the pillar, we too keep our eyes focused and glory in the Lord. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of our eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Lord, you are the one, you are the one that has led us through every wilderness, through every test, through every condition, through every river, through every valley, across every hill and mountaintop. You are the one that we look to. You are the one that we put our hope and our confidence in. Just as the real Israelites in the desert look to the pillar, look to the flame, we look to you with expectant eyes. 
in what you're going to do in our lives. And we have hope and faith and trust in you that we will not be shamed. We will not be led astray, but we will confidently follow you in every circumstance, knowing that you are with us and you lead us and you uphold us, Lord, with your strong arms. We thank you, Lord, that our faith will not fail because it's in you and you never fail. And we thank you for that, Lord, that you help us to see even in the night. You help us to see when things are too bright. You help us to see in every circumstance. We praise you and we praise your holy name, Lord. We rebuke the plots and the schemes and the plans like last week's verse that the enemy has against us. And we speak in your good plan, Lord. It is for our future, and it is for the hope of that future. We thank you, Lord, that your plans are for our good and our future and the future of our children and their children. Lord, our posterity into the future, Lord, you are a future God. We do not look back, but we look forward to what you have planned for us. And we thank you, Lord, for this morning, and we thank you, Lord, for the worship team. We ask your Holy Spirit to fill this place and move in each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. And welcome, everybody. Welcome to everybody joining us online. It is good to see you, good to be seen by you, at least. And we thank you for joining us whenever you're joining us. Uh, just a couple quick announcements. Um, activity bags back there for the kids, of course, as usual. The offering box is back on that little ledge near the coffee. There's coffee. Please enjoy it. And a couple other announcements. We're looking for volunteers to help with tech. If anybody wants to maybe help point a camera or turn a, a, a dial or a knob or I don't know what they do. There's stuff. They'll teach you, though. You don't have to know. You don't have to know. I'm told that a moderately intelligent monkey can do some of the work, at least. And so that's most of us qualifying for, for helping out. So I just dissed all of you. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I, I was trying to be humorous, and it came off as kind of mean. Anyway, we could use help with tech. You all want to volunteer now. I can tell. Um, it's somebody's birthday today. Blake, our worship leader. Blake. It is his birthday, and there's a little song I heard once called, Happy Birthday to you, Happy Birthday to you, Happy Birthday, dear Blake, may Jesus bless you, yay. Way to be born. We thank you for that, Blake and Blake's parents. I also want to say thank you to my wife, Sarah, back there. Yesterday, we celebrated on a May 22nd, our 22nd wedding anniversary. So thank you, babe. I, I heard somewhere that the first 22 years are the hardest. And so the next two, the next two sets of 22 years will be better, even, even better. Not that they've been bad. Just, it was a rough morning. Anybody, anybody ever have a rough morning on the way to church? I feel like that's kind of a universal thing, right? I may have had a rough morning this morning. By may, I mean totally. Um, 
So let's, why don't we pray? Why don't we take a few minutes to pray before we enter into worship in the service? Maybe shake off some of the rough morning vibes if we have a little of that still and try to focus on the Holy Spirit. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Did you know that? Pentecost Sunday. Who knows what Pentecost means in Hebrew? Or actually, it's Greek. Do you know what the word means? 50. Dude! 13 years old. Very good. Sorry, bragging on my son. Um, yeah, it means 50 or 50th. So it's a 50 days after, pa- after Passover. And Pentecost is the day um, about not. So Jesus was crucified. He rose from the dead three days later. About 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. Eight, nine, ten days later, he fulfilled his promise, which was when I go to the Father, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send the Holy Spirit to you to be with you forever. And that's why Jesus says, it's better for you if I leave, actually. Because there's only one of me stuck in a specific body in a specific place and time. But if I leave, the Father can send the Holy Spirit, who could be in everyone at once, in all space and time. And that's better. And the disciples are like, we don't believe you. We want you to stay. And, and he said, trust me, I'm God. And then he sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And we're going to celebrate that today. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do it again. Ask the Father to send another fresh filling of the Holy Spirit with wind and fire and all the things that they experienced. So, Father, we ask you for that again today. We ask you for a fresh filling of the Spirit, and we're going we're gonna to pray for it later as well. But we, we just open up to it, and we ask you for it now. We welcome you here, Father God. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that you... Fulfill Jesus' request to send the Spirit to us. And we thank you, Spirit, that you remind us of Jesus, of everything he said, and you lead us into his truth. And you empower us to continue Jesus' work on this earth as his body, as his hands and feet. And we thank you for that. And we pray that we could enter in more fully to that life and work of the Holy Spirit to really become the body of Christ in our day-to-day lives as we go out in the world. And we ask particularly for healing. There's a lot of us who need healing. This morning, I still need healing. Uh, Sinus infection, Sarah needs healing from post-surgery. My daughter Kaylee has not been feeling well for almost a month now. She needs healing. Welcome back to Steve Johnson. This is his first Sunday back in approximately 100 years <laughs> after a staph infection and just some of the worst stuff. We, we looked up the numbers of people who make it out of the hospital when they have as bad of an infection as he did, and it's in the single-digit percentile. So praise God for a miracle. Amen. It's good to have you back. So just stretch out your hands to all these folks. Father, we ask you for your healing. We thank you that in your word it says, by your wounds, Jesus, we are healed. So we receive that healing that you have already earned, already worked for, already paid for, and suffered for on our behalf. We receive that healing in Jesus' name. This is a house full of people who really need you, broken people, people who need healing. And so we receive that. Help us to be more active (laughs) about asking and receiving, that we would knock and keep on knocking on that door. And you say in that same passage that if a earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his kids, how much more will my heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so we're asking this morning. We're asking for more of the Holy Spirit. 
more of your presence in our lives, more of your healing, more of your favor, more of your love. And we receive it. Help us learn how to receive it and how to take it by faith and how to walk into it. And we continue to pray for Tim Duick's family as they celebrate and mourn the loss of Tim's mom. Pray for continued comfort and hope as they, they know they will see her again. We thank you for that blessed assurance, Lord God. Let's take a moment of silence now just to confess before the Lord if there's any sins we may have committed this week, things we did, things we left undone, but maybe we just forgot or didn't have time to confess. Let's give the Spirit a minute to search our hearts and then give those things to the Lord silently. We receive your forgiveness for those things in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for everything that you do for us every single day. Thank you that for those of us who made it here this morning, we thank you for that. For those of us who are joining online or joining later, we thank you for that. We thank you for the beautiful weather. We thank you that school's almost done for the year. There's so many things to be thankful for. Holy Spirit, that's one of the things that you desire to do within us. All of God's children have the Holy Spirit living within them. Amen? And one of the things you desire to do is to make us, help us to become more like Jesus. That's your desire within us. And so we ask you to help us to do that. Help us to be more grateful for all that you do. We thank you, Lord. Help us now to just set aside the things that might be pressing against our minds or our hearts or calling for our focus or our attention. Help us to just set those things down now. I like to picture myself just taking whatever those burdens are and just sticking them under my chair for now. Just going to set these things down to focus my heart and my mind and my strength on God. To worship in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name. And feel free to stay seated or stand or move around. Gideon, grab a flag. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your living hope, your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free. My shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. And holy. 
Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. There's nothing worth more. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen the greatest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. In your presence, Lord. Your presence, Come more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. 
It's your presence, Lord. Fill us with your presence, Lord. And I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord thank you Jesus of eternal promise stirring in your sons and daughters earth revealing heaven's wonders spirit come spirit come what you spoke is now unfolding All your children shall be holding Dreams awaken in this moment Spirit come, Spirit come Pour it out, let your love run over Here and now, let your glory fill this house Pour it out, let your love run over, here and now, let your glory fill this house. Now the world awaits your presence, and this power is within us. Rise to be your witness. Spirit come, Spirit come, Spirit come, Spirit come. Pour it out, let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Oh, tons of fire testifying of the sun. One desire. Spirit come, Spirit come, speak revival, prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come, tongues of fire, testifying of the sun, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come. 
prophesy like it is done. One desire, Spirit come, Spirit come, Spirit come. Let our hearts continue burning for our king is soon returning as we hold to this assurance spirit come spirit come spirit come spirit come pour it out lord pour it out let your love run now let your glory fill this house pour it out let your love run over here and now let your glory fill this house pour it out let your love run over here and now let your glory fill this house Pour it out, let your love run over here and now, let your glory fill this house. Tongues of fire, testifying of the sun. One desire, Spirit come, Spirit come, speak revival, prophesy like it is done. One desire, Spirit come, Spirit come, tongues of fire, testifying of the sun. One desire, Spirit come. Spirit come, speak revival, prophesy like it is done, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come, tongues of fire, testifying of the sun, one desire. Spirit come, Spirit come, speak revival. Prophesy like it is done, one desire, Spirit come, Spirit come, Spirit Holy Spirit, come and move in our hearts this morning. We thank you, Father, that you have given the Holy Spirit to all who believe in Jesus. Pray that you'd help us to yield over more control of ourselves to the Lord of our life, to the Spirit who is within us, the Spirit of Jesus. 
as John the Baptist said, I pray that I can decrease so that he can increase within me. And anyone here who wants that to happen, I pray for that for them as well. That they could decrease and you could increase. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word that we're about to hear from our brother Paul. Pray that you give us open ears and open hearts to listen to you now. Bless him in the words he's prepared to share. Speak through him this morning, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. And we are going to have an extended prayer time after Paul is done uh, bringing us the message this morning. And I'll tell you about that when we get there. Feel free to stretch. If you want to say hi to somebody or give a high five or a hug or whatever people are comfortable with these days. Maybe ask before you touch somebody. But say hello. And let's hear the word. Okay. Uh, there's Gideon has something to share first. There's a mic right there on the seat. Okay, that was better. Okay, here's what I want to say. So let's say Paul's coming, Paul's uh, here, and he comes up to me and says, Hey, Gideon, church is all about me. No, I say no. That's, that's not true. It's, it's all about Jesus. It's about showing God how much you love, how much showing Jesus, how much you care. And yeah, it's, it's, so yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thanks, Gideon. Is this on? Are we good? All right. Well, that's a tough act to follow. I'm going to do my best. Um, before we start, I'm just going to start in prayer. This is a new topic I've never shared on this before, so um, I'm going to ask the Lord to help, and um, He loves to do that, so we're going to go for it. Father, we just thank You for Your Holy Spirit. Um, we thank you for your commitment to the church and that you walk among the lampstands even now in your throne room. 
where the seven lampstands are that represent the church, you walk among them, Jesus. So we invite you, even this morning, just to walk among us, Jesus. We thank you that you are the door. You are our access to the Father. And we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that is our citizenship. That is our identity. That is who we are. We are your people. We ask you even now, Father, that you would pour out the love of the Father into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We ask you that you would unite our hearts to fear your name, that you would bring us closer in relationship with you, Father, through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. He looks just like you. He talks like you. He only says what you tell him to say. And we thank you that he gave us the very spirit that raised him from the dead 2,000 years ago. So bless this morning, Father. Bless your word. Bless your people. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 So I'm going to talk about what I'm calling the Trinitarian conversation. It's confusing language. I'm still processing it. Um, But why I feel it's so important for this season of the church is um, because it just feels like crisis is mounting. It feels like tension is rising in so many areas related to our own lives, our even marriages. You know, I've just, even in my own experience, there's just been this increased pressure related to communication, connecting. How do we engage in the conversation that's going on right now? And um, I feel like this topic and relating on a deeper level with the Father and the Holy Spirit is going to help us sustain and overcome. And more than just survive, we read in the Gospels, and I'm going to talk about John 13 through 17 and just give a summary of that. But Jesus says in John 15, 11, I say these things to you that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may remain, and my joy may remain. And so he talks about this reality of engaging in a relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in such a way that our joy is full amidst deep crisis. And it's not unlike what Jesus was going through at the time where there was political unrest. He was trying to engage his church. He was trying to engage their hearts with who he was. And yet his joy was full. So how do we do that? What does that look like? How does God walk us through that? And what is that partnership with Him amidst that situation? So I'm going to start in Luke 3, verse 12. Um, I'm sorry, Luke 3, verse 21, where Jesus is baptized. And here Jesus is a man. He's starting His, relation, he's starting his ministry. And we see this dynamic between Jesus, a man, the Holy Spirit, and the Father for the first time. And it says, Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, and the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and saying, You are my beloved Son, with you I'm well pleased. So the first time in the Gospels, Luke is telling us of this encounter that Jesus has, where it's this unity this oneness with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, and with the Son. 
And yes, we know Jesus is a man and he's God, but we see this interaction between the three of them in this unification of their hearts in such a way where the, Jesus is walking out an obedient relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit endorses it and the Father splits the heavens and He says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And what's beautiful about this is Jesus is actually the model of what the Father intended for humanity in the beginning. And this is what Jesus is inviting us into. And so when we get to the, what I call the upper room discourse of John 13, 17, we see this is one of the primary themes that Jesus wants to invite the church into. And he's the model and he's the source that the, of how the redeemed, how the saints and how God's people are intended to relate to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's inviting us into the conversation. And beloved, this is so incredible. I don't even know how to put language to it. But this is what God intended for humanity when He created us in the garden. That He wants us to walk in perfect love, in perfect acceptance, in perfect unity with Him, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And this is actually why Jesus says, it's to my advantage that I go to the Father. Because I'm giving you access to a relationship that you were intended to walk in. Perfect unity, perfect love, perfect peace, perfect acceptance. And beloved, this is what we were created for. And this is what helps us overcome deep crises, deep persecution, deep tension. And not only does it help us survive, it helps us overcome it and walk in victory. And it defines what it means to walk as overcomers in situations. And ultimately, and I, again, I say this because ultimately there's an end time conflict that's coming. And I'm not talking about timing of it. But Jesus wants to prepare us for such a season so that we walk in overcoming it. And so a few crises I want to talk about that this helps us overcome. And we see this in Jesus' life and as the end of his ministry. Jesus is, was going to be taken from his church and delivered unto death by the hands of Roman soldiers who were insane when it came to you know, torture and a season of life, the cross, just like what that resembled in, in Roman culture was outrageous. Jesus was going to walk into, was, going, was entering into that. It leads us through the pain of betrayal. Jesus was betrayed by his closest friends. He was rejected by his parents, not his parents, by his brothers and sisters. The crisis of denying Jesus. The apostles had no idea what they were about to enter into in terms of their own personal identity crisis. And Peter was... Here he was saying, Jesus, I'll go unto you until death. And Jesus is like, Peter, you have no idea the level of sin that's in your heart. But fear not. Peter, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you overcome the fear and the temptation of betrayal and denial. And I'm with you in that crisis. The fear of unbelief. The fear of personal failures. And I say this, even the crisis of revival. What does that mean, right? 
Imagine revivals coming to the church. Jesus is going to release an end time revival. He's releasing revival on the church. But beloved, imagine thousands, tens of thousands of believers coming to the church all at once. And we as the church need to receive them. We need to bring them into a place of wholeness. We need to counsel them. We need to educate them. We need to walk through them with how do you, you know, all of a sudden, what does it look like to encounter Jesus in a moment and now you have to bring that lifestyle back to your family. Beloved, we're going to be there as the church and those to mentor them through that, but we need the Holy Spirit to counsel us, to educate us, to lead us through that season of life. So what does it look like for the church to walk in victory during these times of tension, of breakthrough, of excitement, of confusion? And Jesus shows us a glimpse of that in John 13 through 17, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. And I call this the gold of Jesus' teaching. In Revelation 3, he invites us, he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire, and I am at the door and I knock. If anyone opens the door, I will dine with him. So Jesus is inviting us to dine with him, to eat a meal from him. And to learn what it looks like to walk in that beautiful unity that He and the Father and the Holy Spirit share. In, in Psalm 36, 8, we read the psalmist says, They are abundantly satisfied. You give them drink from the river of your pleasures. So what does the river of pleasures that the psalmist talk about? One way I describe it, it's when God reveals God to the human heart. There's no greater joy. When the Holy Spirit, who is God, reveals the Father and the Son to our human heart and says, this is what you were made for. This is when God picked up the dirt and said, I'm creating God in my own, I'm creating man in my own image. He made you in such a way that you can relate to him in the deepest heart level as his son, as his beloved, as the apple of his eye. And so he's going to, he's inviting us into this and again, I, I explain the union of the Trinity reveals the quality and the intensity of the love that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit share. And it's through the revelation and the understanding of this that we receive love of God and we re receive love, we receive the ability to love God. It's anchored in the reality of how these ones relate to each other. So in John 14 we get a glimpse of this. He says, Do you not believe that I, Jesus, am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. I am in the Father, you in me, and I in you. Beloved, that is so intense. Like that reality is so intense. And again, I'm still processing this in my own life. Like, how do I think through that practically? One way I asked Adriana, I was like, what does it mean? Like, I'm reading these, these words like, abide in me and I in you. I'm like, I don't know what that means, Jesus. Like, you have to walk me through that. So I asked Adriana the other day, we were having a quiet time. I'm like, what does it mean to abide in Jesus? Like, in a real way, like practically, like, how do I abide 
in Jesus. It's just like so confusing. And so I just felt like, I just had to simplify it. I'm like, dining with Jesus, I'm dining with my wife. Oh, here's a simple way. Like, if we're at a restaurant, like I've spent so much time with Adriana in the last 12 years, which really isn't that long. But in such a way where it's like, if we're at the restaurant and the baby needs their diaper changed or whatever, and I have to excuse myself from the restaurant and the, or, the waiter takes our order, I have no doubt that Adriana is going to order me something I like. She doesn't have to ask my permission. She doesn't have to know what I'm interested in. She spent so much time with me. Our hearts are so connected. If I'm excused and the waiter takes, my, takes our order, it's like, oh, just she'll figure it out. She knows what I like. I have no doubt that I can trust her with that responsibility because she knows me. She's connected with me. She cooks dinner for me every single night. And she's prepared meals for me, and she's sat with me, and she's talked with me, and she's related to me. And it's a simple analogy, but that's what Jesus and the Father shared. Jesus knew when he walked into a room how to manage that room, how to relate to one another, how to relate and connect with my heart, and what the Father wanted to say in that moment because he was one with the Father. He knew the Father. He related with the Father. He dined with the Father as a man. And that's the difference. Yes, Jesus is God, but he related to the Father as a man. He was fully man, fully God, and he dwelled with the Father. So when Jesus says, I am the door, I am the true vine, I am the good shepherd, I am the faithful witness, he's the door to our hearts to the Father. And that's what he's inviting us into as his children, as his bride, as his people. So it's way more than this doctrinal lesson about how to relate to the Father. It's way more than just this theological dissertation. It's Jesus inviting us into the upper room, into a meal with Him and the Holy Spirit and saying, I want you to eat with me. I want to invite you into a reality that overcomes temptations, it overcomes crises, it overcomes betrayals, it overcomes parental and children dynamics that are tense, where Jesus says it's like, father will betray son and son will deny father, and there's this tension in humanity where it's like, this overcomes that. So Jesus taught that the father lives in the son, and the son lives in the father, and it's our model of how he wants us to relate to the Lord. And as we enter into this, it touches our mind, it touches our heart, it touches our values and our decision-making, it touches our speech, it touches our action. He wants to invite us into a relationship where we think and feel and speak and act in a way that's in unity with the Father. Beloved, this is unto John 17, and I, I firmly believe this is one of the greatest miracles the church will ever walk in, where Jesus says, John 17, at the end of his high priestly prayer, Father, I desire that they would be one as you and I are one, and that they would love me the same way that you love me. Beloved, the miracle of that reality, like when that actually happens, when Arab and Jew and Christian and Gentile and Greek and Roman and all the nations come together in unity for love for Jesus, like can you imagine what that's going to feel like? 
Like right now in Israel, there's so much insanity just bombing each other because of, you know, it started because they were debating over which household belongs to which nationality. Like that's what, that's what that, that this last war in the last month started about. There's debate that this home belongs to Jew or Arab. And they're bombing each other over it. And Jesus is saying, I have a solution for that. I am the answer to all of those situations. And not only am I going to solve war, but I'm going to invite you into such a relationship that your heart and mind and speech and will and action are actually unified with me. And beloved, that's how revival happens and that's how greater works than these unto the church are going to unfold. Because we're going to walk into a room and do a situation in a city just like the apostles did. And they're going to say, gold and silver you do not need, but I have something way more important, way more valuable to that than you. I have the love of God that's going to heal your heart. Get up and walk. Our shadows will heal people because we're so unified with the Father and the Son and we're actually the extension of His body. Like that's what he's inviting us into and that's the mechanism he's going to use to release his church to walk in power over cities, over nations, over sickness, over health and death. Like beloved, that's the good news of the gospel. He's inviting us into the room of his throne where he and the Father dwell in power, in authority, in unity. So to be in the Father assumes being in agreement with what He thinks, what He feels, what He says, and it's not out of reach. This isn't out of reach for the church because He sent a helper. He sent a Holy Spirit. He sent the very Spirit that raised Him from the dead to dwell inside of you. And here's the beautiful part. Like this analogy a a preacher once said to me, he went on an international uh, ministry trip. And he plugged his phone into an outlet without the proper uh, power exchange. He used the wrong voltage, and his phone exploded. His phone literally just like smoked and blew up. Like it wasn't like a bomb, but it was just like... Beloved, when the Father put the Holy Spirit inside of you, your body didn't explode. You have the capacity in your human frame to sustain and retain the presence of the Holy Spirit. The beauty of the human body and what God created in Genesis is so beyond what we are able to comprehend. And so he invites us to participate and share in the mutual indwelling of the Father and the Son, to celebrate, to enjoy, and to partner with one another in all that they think, say, and do. And so we, so what does this look like practically? And this is what I want to spend the rest of the time that we have here today so we have this glorious reality. It's deeply in, you know, you know, built up in the Holy Spirit and it's spiritual reality and it's, it's hard to comprehend. And so let's take it back to simplicity. Like what does this actually look like for me when I walk out of this room this morning? It's like, okay, I'm seated with Christ. This intensity, this revival is coming. Jesus is inviting me to dwell with him. Okay, Paul, how do I actually do that? Because when I go home, I still need to do the dishes. I still got to raise my kids. I still got to go to work. I still got to try to get along with my wife. Like, how do I actually do that in such a way that's realistic in my own maybe 10 minutes a day that I have time to spend with the Lord? 
et cetera, et cetera. So I like to think about it as like the way we participate in this reality, I talk about Mary and Martha. And I would just want to spend a little bit of time in John 11 because we see these two sisters, very different ways in how they connected to Jesus. And we see the response of Jesus was very different to them per the way they interacted. And the, diff, and the way that I like to start it is in John 11, verse 5, we see Jesus. the quality of the relationship was there for both of them. It says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved them. Jesus' heart was towards them both. But the way Mary and Martha related to Jesus was very different. Martha was caught up in the busyness of life. We read in the Gospels that Jesus rebuked her. It said, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things in Luke 10. Mary has chosen the good thing, that's which will never be taken away from her. Jesus so endorsed Mary's life in the Gospel of Mark, he says, I tell you, what this woman has done will be told for all of time. I'm paraphrasing that, but that's essentially what he said. She, died, she related with Jesus in such a way that Jesus said, I tell you, her story will be told forever. And it is. Like, we're still talking about it today, right? It's in the Gospels. We talk about it. She, you know, res she resembles a relationship with Jesus that was very unique at the time in such a way that she was one of the few who actually knew what was going to happen to him. She anointed him for his burial, for his death. The apostles, Mary, Martha had no idea she was, he was going to die. Like, just, they didn't relate. So, so here, Lazarus is dead. There's crisis in the land. Jesus knows he's going to the Father. He knows he's about to die. He's a week away from it. And he says, this symbol, this resurrection that I'm going to give to Lazarus is actually going to be one of the things that brings me to my death. But it's what the Father asked him to do. So Jesus finds Lazarus is dead. It's four days afterwards, and he decides he's going to go back to Bethany, which was near Jerusalem. His apostles were rebuking him. It said, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to kill you, and you're going back there again. Like, what are you doing? Like, there's so much out of touchness with Jesus' ministry, but here we have this one Mary who is in tune with it. So Jesus walks into the city, and in verse 20, Chapter 11, Martha heard that Jesus was coming, and she went and met with him, but Mary remained and seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And it goes into this dynamic that's a little bit confusing at front, but Martha's relating to Jesus in a theological way. She's trying to connect to Jesus through this theological understanding of who he was. And she's quoting theology to him. And she says, yeah, I know you're the resurrection. And on the last day, he will rise. And Jesus is like, Martha, you don't get it. The God-man is standing in front of you. God in the flesh is standing right in front of your face. He's sitting in your house. He's sitting in your living room and you're in the kitchen cooking a meal. Slow down, Martha. Take a step backwards and just listen to what I'm saying. I'm God in the flesh and I have something to give to you. 
And so Jesus is trying to bring her into this reality and it says, no, Martha, I am the resurrection. I'm actually resurrection in the flesh. I'm right here. I was in the beginning with God. I was the word that picked up the dirt and breathed into the ground in Genesis 1. And I said, have dominion and power and have authority over all creation. Martha, I'm him. I'm the one you're looking for. Take a step back, slow down, and listen to what I'm saying. So they go through this, and then we see in some ways this similar dynamic between Mary and Jesus, but the difference is Mary was focused on Jesus. She was focused on the man and who he was and is the embodiment of the Father. He has the same name as the Father. He's the exact representation of the Father. And she was so enamored by him, she sat at his feet and just wanted to listen to his heart. And so we see later on, when Jesus, when the Jews who were with Mary in the house consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was, she fell at his feet. Just this familiar place where Mary loved to be with Jesus. She just loved to be at his feet. It happened in Luke 10. It happens in, in John 12. It happens here. And when Jesus saw her weeping, he was so deeply moved. And he says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And he says, where have you laid him? And you know the rest of the story. He raises, Mar he raises Lazarus from the dead. But how we know Martha had this sort of theological understanding of Jesus is we get to verse 39, and Martha's still challenging Jesus. She says, Lord, by this time there would there'll be an odor, for he's been in there for four days. She has no idea what he's about to do. She's questioning the behavior of God in the flesh. She's questioning his actions because she's wrapped up in the theology of this trying to relate to Jesus through this theological understanding. And Jesus is like, Martha, I told you that you're going to see the glory of God. And Jesus goes on to thank the Father and he says, Thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always, I know that you always hear me. But I said this on this account of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. And so here we see this relationship between the two. So my invitation for us this morning is to go back to the simplicity of the gospel of sitting at Jesus' feet and simply listening to his words and receiving the invitation to dine with him, to sit there and let him show us what it looks like to abide in him in John 15, 7, we see, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so that's what I want to invite us into. As we realize we're sort of entering in, we're probably not entering, we've entered into this season of crisis, of tension, where we're wrestling with our relationships, with our what it looks like to walk in power as a, as a church. And I love that we read about Deuteronomy this morning because the beauty of this is what we read in Deuteronomy 
is it's not too mysterious. It's not too far off. Deuteronomy 30 says this commandment, it's not too mysterious for you, nor is it too far off. It's not in heaven that you should say who shall ascend into heaven and for us to bring it to us. So we see Moses from the beginning had this revelation that this is what we're made for, beloved. We're made to dine with Jesus, to sit at his feet, to hear his words, to dwell with him, to relate to him the same way that the Father and the Son relate through the power and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to do one quick prayer. And this has been what sort of sustained an ability to walk in this. I'm just going to pray Matthew 15 or John 15, 9 over us because um, this is what's helped me so incredibly in the last few weeks, months, and it's what I believe Jesus is inviting us into. And so I'm just going to pray it over us. It just says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Father, we thank you for the way that you love Jesus. We thank you that you're fascinated with your son. We thank you that you're so engaged with who he is and the person and the personality and the way that, that he walks and he behaves and he thinks he feels. We thank you that you are a good, good father. We ask that you would show us more. We thank you that you're so engaged with the things that your son does and the way he walks and behaves and loves and how he loves his people. Father, we thank you that Jesus loves us in the same way that you love him. Jesus, we thank you for your love for your people. Show us more. Show us more, Father. Jesus, show us more. Holy Spirit, show us more about the love that you have for one another about the love that you have for us as your people, as your bride. We thank you that you created us for this relationship, that this is the answer to so many of other life's problems. This is the answer to our own inner dialogue, the own traffic of our soul, God. We just ask you for grace now to dial down and to talk with you and to sit at your feet and to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing. And we ask you that you would release power on your church once more to walk out what it looks like to be your body and to be your hands and your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul. That, man, that really fit in really well with... We don't talk always, <laughs> like before it starts. Sometimes the week is busy, but the Holy Spirit always weaves things together. Amen? And that's, I love watching him do that. Um, I love it when I prepare a message and then someone has a prophecy that's like exactly in line with what we're doing. It's, it's almost as if the same Holy Spirit is inside all of us. It's so awesome. Thank you. Um, so we're going to do some small group prayer now. Even though Paul's not here, Paul Anderson's not here, we're still going to break up into small groups and do prayer. Um, and so first, uh, first we're going to break up. So quick instructions. I asked a few people to kind of facilitate groups. Do you want to raise your hand? Uh, Isaiah's here. Paul McKenzie is going to be here somewhere. Andrew's over there waiting in the wings. Karen is here. Luann is here. Um, and Tim can do one, wherever Tim's going to be. 
Um, okay, so raise your hands, all you folks. Stay with your families. If you're raising your hand, stay with your families. You can stay right where you are. If you're not raising your hand, go just go now and find a group of people to join for the small group time. Ready? Break. So get up, move a little bit. You can move a tiny bit. It's okay. Find, find a group. Get together with folks. And we're going to pray for each other. Let's try not to get the groups too big, though. Um, let's try to keep it to like five, six max if possible. And yeah, raise your hand. If, if you're facilitating, raise your hand so people can make, it, make their way to you. And stay with your families. You know, Isaiah, Paul, Andrew, stay with your families and people can join you. And then it's up to parents if you want your kids to participate in the prayer time or if, you, if it's time for them to just run around, that's fine too. Totally your discretion. Okay, so now that we're in groups, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'd, I'd really love it if everybody got prayed for. If you're really like, I, I don't want to be prayed for, then that's okay. We, we will respect that, right? Right, everybody? It's a safe place to say no if we want to. But what we're going to do is we're just going to go around the group and pray for each person for like two or three minutes. And this isn't one of those like share what's going on in your life and then we pray for you times. It's simply we're praying for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit and for whatever gifts of the Holy Spirit that you desire. The Bible says in Corinthians, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, right? And so what are the spiritual gifts that are on your heart that you desire? It could be one, two, three. Um, it, it could be something you already have, you just haven't seen it expressed as much as you'd like. Or it could be that you don't have one in mind, and that's okay, we can just pray whatever God wants. So we'll go around, take turns, and just ask, uh, just whoever's gonna go first, share what spiritual gift you would like prayer for, and then everybody else is going to pray for just a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, like on the day of Pentecost, and for that gift, whatever it is. And then you can listen, you know, for a minute to see if the Lord has a word for that person, or if anybody has, you know, something they feel like they want to share. But we want to get to everybody, so let's try to keep it to like two or three minutes per person. Is that fairly clear? Okay. If, um, if in particular you, were, you are you would like the gift of tongues and you've never had the gift of tongues, like you've never spoken in tongues, but you would like to, that's something you are interested in doing. Why don't you come up to me and I'll be up here and we can do that. So if you're looking for tongues specifically, why don't you come up to me? Otherwise, stay in your groups or find folks to go to. Um, Isaiah, maybe you, maybe you guys can take my kids. Um, I think Sarah's not feeling well. So kids, why don't you go with um, Isaiah and Laura here? Because I'd love all my kids to get prayed for for this. All right. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for us all just real quick to kind of kick us off. And then let's pray in our groups. So Lord Jesus, we thank you again that you asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit and that he did. We thank you that we are all, we all have the Holy Spirit living within us. All believers do. But we also thank you that on the day of Pentecost, you set the Holy Spirit upon people so that they could receive power to be your hands and feet, power to spread the gospel, power to give love, to pray for healing, to walk in the supernatural. And so that's what we're asking for today. Again, Father, is for you to send the Spirit upon us again, like on the day of Pentecost, to receive power to be your witnesses in this world. And so we receive that now 
by faith in Jesus' name. We thank you that even now you're pouring out the Holy Spirit on us again. And so we receive that, and we thank you that as we pray for one another now, we will experience you moving through us and moving within us and moving upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. So pray. Again, try to keep it to two or three minutes so that everybody gets a chance. And please ask before you lay hands on someone, especially these days. Ask if you uh, ask to lay hands on someone. And also, if you do not want prayer, go ahead and say that, and we will politely pass you by. Ready, go.